Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is the host of her own podcast, Big Girl, Big Talk, Ms. Rashonda Taylor. Thank you for joining me. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm really glad that you agreed to do it because I'm a big fan of your work. I don't, you know, that's really like like awkward to hear now because I'm like they somebody actually listens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. So, it's a it's weird because I told we got a good common friend, um, Mo. Mm-hmm. So I normally don't listen to the per se the the what, what I think she I guess they call it like lipstick podcast. What you mean? What you mean? Lip like more you know? for women. Oh, no, nah, I don't know that terminology, but I got you. Okay, well, we know. Okay, so podcasts more catered to women. So I typically don't listen to those. But yeah. I was like, ah, what the hell? She gave my page a like. The link is up. Why not? Let me just listen to it. It was very, <laughs> very entertaining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, the, thank you. It was the one with you and your friends. It was like it was like two or three of y'all. I'm not sure, but... Mm-hmm. And so then, that was the online dating one piece you was talking about. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, that one. And then you did one by yourself. I thought it was really good too. So I was okay. like, I, I hope I can get on the show one day. So I'm glad that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for even listening in. I appreciate it so kindly. Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely worth listening. So what made you start it? Well, um, my advisor and um it's it's so uh, ironic that we know some of the same people um and you we are from both familiar with Kobe Harris and Kobe is my advisor I was part of grind chats and so Kobe know that I've been on this quest for more exposure um trying to find more of a clear path um of you know just gathering uh our audience for my home-based business and so I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do and he was like you know what you should do a podcast and I'm like podcast like never really paid attention to any podcast like I you know you see stuff but you never uh, never really pay attention to it and so he was like yo you know you know I have a vision like your voice this should be like a, a radio personality and let me tell you Lant, like I'm just really getting familiar with my voice loving hearing myself talk so I'm like I don't know so then I agreed to it because the thing about it it takes me out from in front of the camera I don't even like being in front of the camera so I was like why not let's start it let's get it let's get it popping so you 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 know you know what's funny? I don't know. It's like it's rare to run into people to say they like their voice. I don't typically like mine either, but some people say I got a nice voice. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. But I don't is this something about hearing your own voice is just weird. Very know. weird. Very weird. And um my voice is uh typically hasn't been this low. It hasn't been like as deep. And so I really didn't like it. Like I sound like a to me now. This is me myself talking to myself. Like I sound like a man. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's so deep and raspy, man. You call me tonight. You call me about nine o'clock in the morning. You swear you gonna have to look at the phone receiver again. Like hold up, who is <laughs> who I'm on the phone with? Or you call me at the ten o'clock at night. You gonna have to ask that same question again. But nah, it, it's definitely a love hate thing. But I'm uh, becoming more comfortable with mm-hmm. hearing myself. I'm quite more comfortable with my voice. So it's just a journey. Now, I heard you on, I listened to a podcast you did with, with another mutual friend, Slim. Mm-hmm. And 
excellent lesson, by the way. You two got great chemistry. I told him, I text him, I say, hey man, you know, you need to make sure you get her as a regular. So I'm putting that out there. Hopefully y'all two will continue <laughs> to work together. But one of the topics y'all touched on that really got my attention, you was talking about big women and low self-esteem. So yeah. I wanted you to go into that. Like, do you, do you, is that like a big issue for big women? You know what? Um, self-confidence it, um, is not size specific, right? However, I've noticed because I, I am a big girl, I consider myself plus size. I know that it's very common for plus size women to have low self-esteem. I once had low self-esteem and I'm still currently, you know, um, repairing that and building myself value myself but it's very common it is very common because you was you said you you even made a point that you feel like men actually target women that's bigger because of that so i yeah. want to elaborate on that more <laughs> yeah so um from my perspective, I just know from what, from my encounters that, you know, you'll find guys that prey on women with low self-esteem because that'll allow them to do whatever they want to do, right? You know, they could, you know, for example, like they say big girls, you know, um, you know, you basically have your way. And, and it's kind of true because sometimes we wanted the attention. We didn't get the treatment like some other women get, you know, years ago when big girls wasn't popular, like guys are sneaking talk to us. They really wouldn't carry us out of public. You know, it's always on late night creep type stuff. You know, it was all like some sexual, like, you know, you can always, you know, um, you know, get sex from a big girl. You know, I don't know how clean your show is now, Lamb. Now, you know. <laughs> hey, look, you say, look, we, we, we two adults. I don't put no, I don't put no ratings on my shows. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, hey, listen to Slam. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a potty mouth. But listen, <laughs> so, you know, it's almost like that that oh you can always get this big girl to do whatever you want because nine times out of ten she's she's looking for the attention she wants the attention and you know she's gonna get it and whether it's sexually whether it's financially you know where it's you know always being available showing that you're there that's another thing you know you you know we'll ride or die you know because it's sometimes it's like damn somebody shows attention and we like the attention that they give us we'll zoom in and guys take advantage of that they take sole advantage of that I don't know why you know, because, hey, that's a typical male thing sometimes, <laughs> but that's just what it is. So you, were you actually, a, were you actually a victim of that or? Several times, absolutely. Um. Several times. Yeah, I was voiceless. I also shared on that, um, shared on that podcast as well as that, you know, um, I was voiceless. Like, you know, sometimes you don't, you don't, you don't want to say nothing because you're afraid that if you say something that that person would no longer be interested in you. So, you know, you can really say, no, I don't want to have sex. No, or you can say, yes, I want you to take me out. You know, yes, I want you to do normal things, you know, with me. You know, I want you um, to call me, you know, but I didn't, you know, I didn't ever say that because I was afraid that if I required too much of them, then I wouldn't get the attention. And it's, and it's really um, awkward to say, well, you know, Rashonda. You know, you 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 are uh, you're nice looking. You you you're a pretty big girl, but that shit don't matter. That don't matter. I still get treated any kind of way. To this day, to this very single day, I still get people that still uh, well, you they try to treat me any kind of way. And guess what I tell them? Don't treat me like no big girl. 
Don't you like a big girl? You know, I you know take me out on a date. Yes, take me out on a date. I'm fine. No, yeah. no reason why I can't be on your shoulder, on your arm. You know, do things to let me know that you're interested in me versus always want to pull up. No, what you pulling up for? What we doing? We ain't we ain't having sex. What we doing? You know, I I cut them boundaries off real fast. That's so how did you how did you end up finding your voice? Way and build uh. my self confidence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let me tell you. I was just having this conversation yesterday. People can say whatever they want to say. Losing weight is the fastest way to build your self confidence. And as soon as I I lost, is. I lost twenty pounds. You couldn't tell me nothing. You hear me? <laughs> I already, you know, you know, you know, had a little. Swag about myself, you know. Granted, I covered it up, and I still hit held my head high, but I still had a, a, some business about myself. So when I lost the weight, and I began to see, well, damn, you you know, you 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 are more than what you think you are. You know, what I'm saying you're more value than what you think you you are. You ain't got to take in and everything off of somebody just because that's what they offer. And as soon as I seen that, look, look, the value went up. The value went all the way up. From, let's say from um, from two years to now. Nigga can't tell me nothing. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> how much? So how much did you end up losing? I lost eighty-five pounds. Oh wow! Congratulations. Thank Congratulations. you. Thank you. That's that's uh that's very impressive. Thank you. Yes. Um, it, I lost it like over two years ago, and I kept it off. Um, I kept it off gradually, like no more than guess, you know, earning, you know, not earning, but gaining about 10, 15 pounds back or whatever, but. Yeah, I've been keeping it off. I've been active. You know, I eat decent. You know, I just try to keep it up. Nothing, in, I don't want nothing to put that weight back on me. My body is 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 my peace. Like, yeah, I like to look good, like to feel good. So that's my motivator. Did it change your perspective on me once you lost weight? Yeah, so I started to get fine, man. I started getting fine, man. Man, I thought I could never get. Does that make sense? Because <laughs> I used to always get the fat ones, the fat guys. I'm so over big guys now because I think I done had my fair share. You know, <laughs> nice looking men. You know, like men of quality men. Like, I, I think, you know, I think we attract what we are, which is so true. So yeah, when I'm true. talking to you now and I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm talking about what I used, to, what I get now, but my value and what I tra- what I felt in the inside was so different now. So I think about it now, I attracted what I was in the inside. So I got, you know, the dusty guys, the big guys. You Wait, know, hold on, you said dusty? <laughs> dusty, I attracted dusty guys. Basically, you know, guys that don't have no sense about themselves, no substance, you know, they staying with their mama, you know, they're not trying to, you know, be better, you know, no car, you know, living. My bad. Just really, just really no sense of direction. You know, mm. and then the, the heavier guys, you know, real, real big guys, and don't and there's nothing wrong with big guys to get me wrong, but that's just not my preference anymore. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it gotta be health conscious. You know what I'm you saying? Up, you the upgraded, huh? I had to. <laughs> I'm like, that's how to get in the bottom of the barrel. I want it to feel good too. I want you know somebody nice looking and take me out, or someone be like, "Hey, I'm interested in you," and they're not afraid to say that. Yeah, 
So let me yeah. let me let me let me let me look at my clock because it's it, we about ten minutes into the conversation, so I know exactly where to mute it at. So so the, so my fellas, that's big guys, won't get offended listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't mute it. <laughs> I don't nah, want nobody I, to take offense for that. But it's just not. It's just my preference. You know what I'm saying? Nah. And I, I say I'm this: as long as you don't have a big belly. Like I said, a slim shot too. Like you know, like you're the big old belly, and you're not health conscious. That's that's mainly what it is. Yeah. You have to be health conscious. Come on. Now. Yeah, because because uh, because because what people don't realize is it um is a big belly actually is a sign of health health issues. Now I'm not no little guy, but I don't have a. Hmm, let me be careful. I I got some stomach. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, but I had a physical and I'm okay. So that's but, fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you know, I don't, I don't drink. So a lot mm-hmm. of people, a lot of people who drink and they drink heavily, you know, it starts to build up in their gut and their stomach. So I'm not a drinker. So the gut that I do have is strictly weight. <laughs> strictly weight. And, and you know, and that's fine. It's more so, you know, everything, you know, disease brew in our belly. You know, it, it all that stuff brews in our belly. And it's like, sometimes we don't pay attention to it. I know guys, you know, sometimes men, you're focused on work. You're focused on what you're trying to do, how you're going to provide. We're not, you know, they're not paying attention to how they eat, how they drink, what they consume, heavy meat eaters, um, you know, not necessarily being active, drinking their water, taking their vitamins, you know, your family history. You don't know what's inside of your family history. You know, granddaddy, mama, sister, cousin, them, they all had, you know, diabetes, hypertension, all these things in the family tree. And then it's like, you're not even conscious of it. So mm-hmm. it's like, come on, that's unattractive. So that's this, unattractive. This new, this new, you know, this newfound confidence, I'm sure it's helped you in other areas of your life besides um, picking men and dating and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> With some of the other areas it helped in. Um, it, I'm better overall, you know, I actually had a, uh, some time to take a step back to look at myself, to look at how, um, I'm being a better person before I'm able to be better in any other area of my life. And I share all the time is that, you know, I'm a woman. I have to be good to myself before I can be a better mother, before I'm a better, uh, sister, granddaughter, you know, leader at work. I have to be true to myself. And what that time has allowed me to is really um, reclaim some of that confidence, um, help me with my mind, my process, how I think, hey, I am good enough. Because I used to think I wasn't good enough because I show up in a room where people are always intimidated by me or which made me question myself, you know, like what's wrong with me? And what? But I wasn't recognized that I do have a presence. So it's like a lot of those things made me question myself. And so losing the weight, taking time to really spend time with myself, to spend time, individual time with my daughters, you know, to to take time to read, just do all that stuff. It has evolved me tremendously, tremendously. Now you say, you say you were intimidating when you walked in the room? Yeah, when I, when I, you know, still to this day, but I didn't understand. So if I go somewhere, if I um, show up parties, jobs, just anywhere, you know, I'm like the center of attention. Well, that's not a bad and, thing, is it? Uh, I mean, if you don't recognize yourself, then and you may consider it because 
if you're walking in a room and people looking at you, you're gonna, and they sometimes their faces may not uh, express what they're really thinking. Um, they can have a straight face, we can have a smile. And if you're not really confident, you're not really sure, you're like, well, well why are they looking at me like that? Or, what's going on, you know? Hey, and I'm, I'm, I'm friendly, I'm, I'm, hey, hey everybody, I'm big mouth country, I speak to everybody, I don't need a stranger. You know, okay. but you'll look around and you'll be like, oh, what the hell, why are they looking at me like that? You know, it's a, it's a little okay. weird. Piece. So okay, so it's, it's so it's kind of like once you once you lost the weight, it kind of gave you the ability to be more in touch with yourself and gather what's going on around you, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Now you mentioned your you mentioned your daughters, and I, and I remember that too. You was talking about like you. It was something very interesting you touched on, and I wanted to hit on that too. You was talking about like how you got to a point because you got you got um five daughters mm-hmm. and you mentioned being on government assistance, but you knew that you had to do better. So I wanted to uh, you give you the opportunity to tell the listeners like how did what made you get to that decision? Like, you know what, I gotta do better for my kids and I know I can't depend on nobody. Well, you know, it's a time and a place where you just know that when you look at yourself, you look at your surroundings your family history. And when that's all said and done, it's like, okay, I have five daughters. I, oh, oh my gosh. It even make me nervous to think that if I don't become who I'm supposed to become or do what I'm supposed to do as a mother, that they're subject to fail too. You know, mm-hmm. um, I created a lot of hard things when I was younger for myself. You know, my mother wasn't around. And so I had to learn things the hard way. And for my daughters and thinking about the world they're being when they become adults and if they're not equipped with the tools that they need to survive in life, to have the quality of life that they, that they desire, I'll probably be dead and roll over my grade, my grade 30,000 times. I wouldn't rest because I know what I dealt with. You know, I, I knew what, um, you know, being with their father, my kids is, you know, it was with my with one man and I was with their father for 12 years and don't get me wrong he's a good father but listen we we was parents early mm-hmm. you know we was parents early and he controlled a lot of stuff you know oh. I, I was yeah I, I was controlled and I couldn't do this I couldn't do that I was reliant on him to do a lot of things you know um job wise you know like I had to do better you know I dropped out of school 11th grade you know, like, I'm like, come on, job-wise, I know I got to I gotta do something because I have to have some money. I have to have a job that's going to pay me enough, you know what I'm saying, to to pay my bills outside of a man. You know, a lot of ladies, it, it, I don't understand, and I do understand because I was that woman, we kind of rely on a man before we rely on ourselves. So me knowing all these things that I had to do, I knew I had to make it better because I did not want my daughters to fall subject to that. You know, statistically, you know, my daughters are not supposed to make it because I'm not supposed to make it. You get, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, teenage mother, high school dropout, you know, my father, no father in my life, my mother in and out of prison, raised by my grandmother. So it's like, that typical story is already like statistically subject to fail. Now I got five daughters, black women, are they going to fail too? Hell no. (laughs) <laughs> now you, you you mentioned you you actually were uh, married, but it things. Oh, we was never married. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me back up. You mentioned you was with the gentleman. Let me back uh-huh. up. You was with the gentleman, but things didn't work out. So because you had kids, 
and you know this is going you know i'm sure you were you said he was in control of things so then mm -hmm. i'm gonna get the impression that he took care of things yeah, so yeah. now that you're breaking away from that was you nervous was you scared to leave <laughs> yes i was nervous <laughs> because at times used to tell me you know like you'll never make it with five kids no man gonna want you with five kids he's to share those things with me and i believed it and I'm thinking like, I would never ever be able to take care of my kids by myself. But let me tell you something about a person. When they tired, they tired. When they get sick and dog tired, they tired and they're gonna do whatever it takes to make it happen. And I did not want to be subject to that, to somebody over me, controlling me. Um, I met, you know, I'm up, I'm up on the day hand. I, you know, I need money, I have to get it for him. You know what I'm saying? Or I don't make enough or I need to buy something, I gotta get it from him. Or I need to do something. I gotta ask him. Mm. Mm -mm. Yeah, that's that's a tough way to live. Mm -mm. How'd you find the courage to to change your situation? Because that's a lot. <laughs> I was tired. I was I was tired, and I always knew there was more to my life than what was at the moment. I always knew that. I didn't know the way or the path. I had no clue, but I always knew I wanted more and I deserved more. So it was just to a point where I had to really just uh just uh just just take it on the chin and figure it out and so i went searching for a job and the crazy part is my full-time job is t-mobile i always knew that i was going to work for t-mobile that's just crazy how that worked out so i just knew that i had to find a job that was going to pay me enough to cover my bills so that's when i started searching for like okay high uh, you know high paying job so it was like okay that's one step let me get my gd so I had to get my GED and I got the GED right at seven years ago. It's not mm -hmm. even long ago. Got my GED first because I knew I could not get a higher paying job without my GED. You know, then I'm like, okay, boom, I got the job. Okay, you know, now I have to work because eventually it's gonna be a time where you're gonna you be able to stack the paper up and then as soon as he say something, we argue, fuss and fighting. I can put them out and I ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So what doing this trend? I actually did that with income tax money. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of flipping, did you flip them out, huh? <laughs> uh-uh. No. So let me tell you. So he was even though we had that going on, he was on child support. And child support had the income tax money. So I leveraged the income tax money because I, you know, the money was coming on child support card for me. So um. I was like, listen. If you want this income tax money on this card, you got to go and you cannot come back. Wow. Power negotiation. Why that's like you laughing at me? <laughs> so how did this, <laughs> you know, with the girls, like, do they remember this time period? Your daughters, do they remember this? They remember some. They remember, they remember some of it, yes, because I, I talked to them just like i talked to you but at their level like age level Every, everything is age level around here but i talked to them and they, they remember they remember some of the things the arguing the fighting we had good times we had good times also some rough times too that's but let me say kids know a lot of stuff they know more than what we think you know yes yeah, every mm -hmm. relationship you're gonna have good times and bad so that's that's not that like people see people say that because it's so cliche but we all had that mm -hmm. it's just the the point is that you you should be having a lot more good times than bad times, so that's the main thing. Right. So right and non toxic. Yeah. 
so how do you think that because you're gone now but they were in that environment and i'm talking about the kids do you think that'll have like a long lasting effect on them yeah it will even my daughter my oldest daughter she got you know you see your first kids kind of be like your like your like your play child be like like your rough one (laughs) they kind of get a little bit all they get all the little mess ups and all that other stuff (laughs) i definitely know for a fact it affected her um, because it shows, it shows to this day. And I apologize to her. You know, sometimes I just had a mom like, you know what? I apologize. You, me and your dad, we was young. You know, you was, you was a test baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Certain things we did right. Certain things we did wrong, you know, and she understands. And, but the little ones, um, they, they, they had a little piece where, you know, like us separating, I think that was more effective. That that did more damage than anything because they used to mom and daddy being together. And mm-hmm. me, his, me, his whole thing was two parent household. Definitely, you know, like you know, we both didn't have a two parent household, so we wanted to kind of keep that image. However, you know, I wanted my kids to see a happy woman more so than a happy mother. I want them to know, okay, this is okay. You can still be happy and not be with someone that you argue, fuss, and fight with. I didn't want them to have that embedded of, oh, this is how a man is supposed to treat a woman. Or this is how she see, she's supposed to respond to him. Because I had I, I had an ugly mouth. So I didn't <laughs> want them to say, oh, this is how you talk to a man. Because if that's the case, they're going to run across a man. And I'm not, I don't condone violence and nobody should put their hands on anybody. But certain stuff, you may find a man that beat you up with the, with the mouth that I had. Oh. You're gonna beat you all the way up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. You you definitely needed to work on that then. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be coming to blows, but I, you know what? I, it's weird that you know when you it's not weird, but when you talked about the two parent household thing, I totally understand because when you don't when you don't grow up in it, like you want it so bad that you probably just ignoring the the red flags is just all over the place, but. You know, you want to keep your family together, and I get it. Like, because it's tough. Because it's, I mean, like you say, you you talk about statistics. So statistically, you know, once that parent leaves and you become, you know, you become a household that's not two parent anymore. It's like you split. Now you got split time. You got split custody. Like that's gonna have an effect on the kids. And now this the statistics start to show. Like, okay, now. Mm-hmm we diminishing our kids' chances of being successful. You know, it doesn't mean they're not going to be successful because there's plenty of successful kids in one parent household, but it's just, you want that family element to it. So I told you. Absolutely. You want them to experience stuff, you know, like there's the kids with their, you know, two parent households and you want your kids to have that sense of normal, normal, you know, normalcy. You want them like, okay, you know, I didn't have a two parent household. Okay. I, I want you to feel it. I know what you have. I don't want you to feel envious of your classmates or your friends. You know, if they have a two-parent household, they're saying they mama and they daddy and things like that. So I, we definitely try to make it work. You know, granted, even if we didn't know how to make it work, like we we tried. We showed up for them, you know, even when we didn't show up for ourselves. So, but you know, hey, all good things come to the end. We, we, we live and we learn. And I just actually shouted out, shouted him out today on social media because this was the first year that I call him a dad of the year because he's actually been way more involved than I have. Like, excuse me, Mr. Mom. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. If, if, you yes. ever hear this, 
if you ever hear this, uh, much respect to you, brother, because, you know, it's it's hard because you when you're trying to do that, you know, when you're trying to split time and that she has this time and you have that time. So uh, thank God I, I I had a small stint of it, but no. Nah. Not a small stint. That look got right real fast, didn't you? Man, look. <laughs> <laughs> you we, got fast. You got together yeah. quick. Shake your shit out real quick. <laughs> how did that make you feel? Even with that little bit of, little bit of, of of nervousness, how did that make you feel? Oh, terrible, terrible. Like because I, I've always like me. So me and my wife have been married. Uh, we've been married seventeen years. So we had, you know, you had a little period where you got a rough patch and we had a rough patch, but that rough patch set us up to do greater things, you know, because you, you, we, so we got married young and I, I hate to make this podcast about me. So I'm going to sum this up quick. So we got married young and there's a, there's good and bad about getting married young, you know, mm-hmm. The good thing is you get married young and you you got the, a lot of your life to spend together. But <laughs> getting married young, you also experiencing those mistakes together as a mm-hmm. young couple. And a lot of times those mistakes when you're young can tear you apart. So bless you. So, you know, and when you're young, people change, you know, you start evolving into a different person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was I was 23, so I wasn't the same man at 35. You know, my outlook on life changed. You know, things in my life changed. We got a kid, you got a kid now. So the marriage changes, but you know, thank God we was able to put things back together and you know, everything great now. So what do you that's the best part, that's part of life though. Yeah, and I think and you and you mentioned you guys were young, right? You oh him? yeah, I was sixteen, and yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was sixteen. He was yeah. Sixteen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. yeah. I had my yeah, first child when I was seventeen. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. See, and that's the thing. Like, unfortunately, a lot of people become parents before they're ready. Yeah. Know? You're not. No matter what. No matter what your heart and your head tell you at at 17 and early 20s, you're just not ready to be a parent because you you just haven't experienced enough life. You're just not. No, nah, we want to do what we we want to do what it what you want to do to make the baby. <laughs> oh, oh, definitely. But you want you want you want to do that. But you definitely not ready for what comes behind it. You know, with him, me, him, it, it was fast. I think not even within three months. Boom, first baby. I was mm. like, are oh, you freaking kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? And you was, you was 17? Yeah, I, I had her, I was 16 when I got pregnant. I had her when I was 17. Oh, yeah, you didn't get a chance. Uh-uh. You didn't get a chance. I didn't really start living my life, really, until about until I was 25. Yeah, and, he, and even then, your kid, you know, you, you, got, you still got kids to manage and take care of, so. But at that age, so young, it just... It's not a, it's not a doom, but man, it sets you, it sets you on a path that, man, that journey gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough, and and it's and it's frequent. It still happens. It's I still see it. Um, 
And I, I don't judge. I don't put my mouth on anything. But I definitely let young ladies know. Let me tell you something. Leave them babies where they at. You will want to live your life without any children. I'll tell them to have a baby with their husband. Yeah. You know, not out here flip-flopping this, trying to have a baby daddy. No, ma'am, because it's not what all it seemed to be. I was blessed to have someone that was mature to, and that was really to self-responsibility. I'm blessed. See, yeah. a lot of people, you know, they're not as blessed as I was. And I'm so grateful because I haven't experienced a lot of things a lot of people experience, you know, being in relationships and different things. Because I only had two relationships my entire life. But being with him so long, like, I, I you know, he kind of set the standard. That's why we end up staying together so long. But you may not come to somebody that, that's willing to accept responsibility. He may deny that baby. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? It's on you as a mother to take care of that baby. So it sounds like you two actually have a good working relationship as far as parenthood. Now. Now we do. Better late than never. We have really, really grown. And that's why um, I ensured that this Father's Day, I did go out for him just to show him how much I appreciate him because he really, really took a bigger role. I had a lot of mental challenges this year. Um, last year, I lost my grandmother and my godmother. I had so Sorry to hear that about you, about your losses. Yeah, Sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, and I experienced so much. And let me tell you, at a point, I didn't know if I was going to come in. And, you know, I was battling with grief and I was battling with depression. And I was laying in points where I was laying in the bed, not want to get up. And what he did, you know, now he, he get kids, he get the girls three days out of the week. You know, he do it faithfully. You know, he gets them, he whatever it, whatever the need is, he really stepped in. And he didn't make me feel any kind of way about it. Even with staying at home while, you know, while we're doing the distant learning. Let me tell you, these kids better go to school next year. Believe it <laughs> me, they're not going to pass. They're not going to pass school. That whole... It can kind of decide to say, hey, we're going to put them back in school. Whatever they need, I send them a glove mask. I send a, do a donation, put a donation box, because they need to go to school. But well, It's going it's to look weird. I can tell you that. I, I'm really weird. hoping, because he was even like, hey, you checking their homework? And I'm like, yeah, I'm checking their homework. Don't worry, I'm checking their homework. <laughs> hey, you, <laughs> hey, you doing this, you doing that? Hey. <laughs> and he uh get on me when I tell you get on me and I'm like well who the hell you talking to you can't okay let me hush because I'm wrong <laughs> calm down <laughs> <laughs> no because I'm so uh me is her you can't tell me what to do I'm the mama you the daddy I always been here so I get to say so but in this case he was absolutely right so I had to swallow my spit you know <laughs> take it like a G and know that, okay, you was wrong, Shana. You could have hit them kids with their homework. You could have hit them with their work or turned their work in on time. You yeah. know, like. Yeah. And this this, this, this going to be tough, though, because, man, you know, when you got a full-time job and and then you got to, you know, and you said you got five. So I only had one. So. Six, it's six in the house. <sighs> my oldest daughter stayed with my kids, stay with her dad. And then I have six because I take care of my sister as well. Um, when um, my grandma passed, she just, you know, I absorbed her. She just came to stay with me. So it's sick. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, but she graduated yeah. this year. So I don't have to worry about her. So it's four. And I hope they go to school. Because, <laughs> listen, do not leave it to Beaver. Do not leave it to Beaver. 
Man, yeah, it's, I wish you luck because again, I only got one, so I can't. Ah, imagine. that's it. Y'all guys gonna have some more? We'll see. Um, we'll see. <laughs> you had to take a deep breath over there. Yes. Well, Hello? you know, you know. So my daughter's my daughter will be nine in September, and I only had one. So we starting over. Uh, now I feel you about that starting over stuff. Now I feel you, but you don't want you don't want a little boy. You don't want a little. Come on now. I'm good. Ah. I'm good. I'm I'm real good. (laughs) But it's because I so parent being a parent is so you you have to invest a lot of time and a lot of energy into being a parent. And I'm getting older. And man, like I'm I just think about getting up at two or three o'clock in the morning, changing diapers, you know, carrying that diaper bag, getting a stroller. Imagine twins. Imagine me. I had two sets of twins. Yeah, look. Look, I'm not not comparing my story to yours by no means. I'm just saying. Just the thought of like like my daughter, like I said, my daughter gonna be nine in September. And it's tough being a you know the only child because she can get lonely, but then we gonna we'll probably go back into that same cycle again because if we have a kid if we was to have a kid right now by the time the kid get about four or five you know really get to moving around then my older daughter gonna be a teenager she not going mm-hmm. no, she not gonna really yes she is yes she is the, the, the yes, typical is. Look, typical mother answer girl. that's what my wife say yes she is so I don't yeah, know. Oh, so it sounds like somebody else was thinking about it too you, you like uh-uh we we both think about it, so it's you know it's put it like this: it's on you know whatever God whatever God's will is. So if it's His will, <laughs> come on, he, Lord, I come in agreement with whatever they want, Lord. Come on, <laughs> he, look, he, he already know. Like I'm look if 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 that if, look if that's in the plans, I I never question God's plan. Look, so I'm over here boosting God up, boosting him up over here. Look, if that if that's God's plan for our life, then. You know, I'll accept that and I'll continue to be a husband, be a father, and you know, that if that's that's just some, it's just what God wants for me. So, you know, I, I'm I'm at peace. Like I'm at peace. I can accept, you know, whatever happens, you know, but the human in me thinks about damn, getting up early in the morning. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, we'll see. These babies come out of womb smart. They already be eight months picking up smartphones. They're gonna be totally different from your baby. I want a boy, but I don't want to start over though. I kept my niece and she kind of ruined that because she did not go to sleep. So I was up, she was up every hour on the hour. And I'm like, uh uh, uh uh, little baby. I'm going to call your daddy and tell him to pick you up (laughs) because I'm used to going to sleep and I can't do this crying every hour on the hour. I knew I probably overfed that baby that day. So I had, so because. Because I have a girl, I'm used to girls. I, if, if I was to have another child, I think I would want another girl. What? Yeah. Because, no, see, boy. See, this the thing about, like, this the thing about girls. Like, girls, girls allow their fathers to not be so tough. Like, I, like, I enjoy just being sentimental and being able to talk. Like, what if I got a son, I got to 
oh man, stop crying and I gotta, you know, make them tough and I don't feel like doing all that. <laughs> like, if I have to, I will, but like girls are just like they gonna give you like your daughter gonna a daughter gonna give her give her father that love that love yes she you know, is can't, that can't be like my daughter I'll get she'll do something and I'm I'm mad and I'm frustrated and I'm trying to explain it to her and she get the mm-hmm. get the whimpering and next thing I know. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't talk to her no more. I'm, I'm her <laughs> she done, she done, she done got you wrapped around her finger. Huh? <laughs> oh, that's that's any look any father that's with his daughter. If he gonna she gonna always have him wrapped around his finger. That's just how it goes. Mm. That's just like a son, you know, with the mom. They gonna my I son not gonna go man. sweet talk me. He gonna go sweet talk his mother. <laughs> yes, come on, like, you know, I don't want to hear that shit. Boy, go upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> but my daughter, she she doesn't, my wife is a little more lenient, but my daughter knows, like, if she, like, if she asks me to do something and I tell her yes, then it's, then I'm going to do it. It's yeah. like, if I don't, I don't tell her, I don't tell her yes to anything unless I know for a fact I can do it. So mm-hmm. if I tell her yes, then she know, okay, it's a yes. Now, it may not happen right away, but it's a yes. So she gonna she gonna hold me to it, and that's good. Ooh. Like I, that's my baby. I love her, and yeah. So yeah, what you gonna do? Look, we got. I was telling somebody say you're getting older and stuff. And you gotta worry about them dating and liking boys and well, like which whatever these days time. You know, it's just 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 getting older, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta prepare myself for that. So. As a father, I I feel like I feel like yeah. I put a lot of I feel like I lot of I put a lot of good energy out into the atmosphere. So good. Um, I'm not too concerned. Believe it or not, my prom date's father always set the tone for how I should deal with a girl dating because I never forget. You know, we wasn't we wasn't dating or anything. We just decided to go to the prom together, and she was like, "Well, you need to meet my father," and I'm like. Why? Why didn't you meet him for? Just being a being an ignorant eighteen year old. <laughs> but anyway, so I go to Bad meet boys him. Too. Nah, nope, complete opposite. I walked in. He shook my hand. He talked to me like a young man. He like it was it, like I understood. He raised a young, a good young girl, mm-hmm. and he wanted me to respect her. And he showed he when I walked in his house, he shook my hand. He talked to me. He treated me, he treated me like a young man. He was very mm-hmm. respectful to me. So I was like, okay, so that's how you should do with a young man and want to meet your daughter. You know what mm-hmm. you've done as a father. You you set an example. You you set an example of what your daughter should look for in a man. So I trust that when she bring that young man home, he he should be a good upstanding young man. So Absolutely. that's how I should treat him as a good upstanding young man. Now if he now, if he do something to change my opinion, well, I set his ass straight real quick. But uh-uh, uh-uh. But long as he, long as he, you know, in a good position and he be a good, respectable young man, I'll treat him as such. Oh, that's such a nice way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a nice, politically correct way to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm adapt some of that because I just be so nervous. But you know, see, you always say. You know, and see, like, you, you gotta know, think too. Like, 
that's another thing too. Like your perspective is going to be totally different. You're a woman. You had a child at seventeen. So I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have a child at seventeen. Like, and I'm a man. So my perspective is going to be totally different. You, mm-hmm. when you think about dating, you may be thinking about what it, what the little boy was trying to do with you. So you, uh-huh. you having that going on in your head. So all you could do is your best as a parent. Like my my perspective on outlook on life was totally different than a lot of people. So you've made mm. <laughs> my I, I'm I'm not the person that I think it's good, but I'm not the person that everybody gonna look to follow example. So mm. Okay. Okay. I'm. 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 A, I'm. A close as I know me and you will. We'll be talking forever. What's some? What's the biggest thing that you want your daughters to take away from you? Resilience and to to a, to go after their heart's desires. You know, be resilient and achieve whatever dream you want to accomplish. Believe in yourself. Um, because with those, they can they can move mountains. With that. You know, regardless of how life and what cards it may deal to them, they'll be able to push through no matter what. Um, and I and my and my goal is to be the example. I already know that they they watch me now. They even want to say I want to dress like me. And I'm like, oh no, no, wait, just wait. You know, so I know that <laughs> by me being the example and pushing through the adversities and the challenges and things, that's gonna be a good example for them to ensure that they carry out some of those same characteristics when they get older. Well. You're doing a great job. So congratulations for everything you're doing and putting things together. And congratulations on the podcast. And I wish you Thank nothing you. but the best. Thank Make you. Sure Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Sure hey, you guys. You... Okay. Well, you guys can follow me um, on Facebook, Rashonda Taylor. Um, Instagram. I really like Instagram better. So Instagram is Miss Taylor oh, to you. And also, this. my podcast is Big Girl Big Talk Podcast. Yeah, follow me. You know, talk Thank about. It. All right. Thank you again for joining me. And um, again, I just appreciate the conversation and all the best. Thank you so much. You have a good day. And thank you all for listening. I appreciate every support and listenership. You all have a great day.